this year. Wishing a Merry Christmas to our beloved furry friends and their owners. As we step into the new year, Pawfection Pet Grooming in Park Hills is excited to keep your fur babies looking perfect. Cheers to a joyous holiday and a wonderful new year ahead. Tis the season of joy and happiness with Potosi Lumber. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from their family to yours. Cherish these moments with loved ones surrounded by warmth and love. Potosi Lumber, where memories and craftsmanship come together. Have our award-winning news delivered to your inbox. The KFMO B104 Morning Cup of Coffee Newsletter. A necessary start to your day. We have received a report that one of the escaped inmates... The top stories of the day have never been easier to find with the KFMO B104 Morning Cup of Coffee Newsletter. The tax rate is... Get the news delivered to your email every weekday for free with the KFMO B104 Morning Cup of Coffee Newsletter. Go to KFMO.com and subscribe today. AM 1240 KFMO. The start of your day begins with the start. I need my news, weather, and sports. I'm Mike Ramsey reporting. Weather at 12 and 40 every hour. I'm Jared Pettis. We check sports. And now, the start on AM 1240 KFMO. Well, good morning to you. It is AM 1240, and we are here. Hey, I have this really great story for you. And uh, by the way, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Debbie Kelly just a few moments ago, right before CBS News. I wish we could have spent more time with her uh, talking about uh, just the different topics in those classes that she was mentioning. And remember, if you'd like to find out more about signing up for any of those, including the uh, whiskey and wine classes, (coughs) then just contact your, uh, your county's local University of Missouri Extension office, uh, usually found in the courthouse um, area of a county. So here's the story I was mentioning. Most kids wake up early on Christmas. I know I did when I was a kid. I'd wake up early and lay there in bed thinking, when can I really get up and go in the living room? When can I really get up and do that? I know mom and dad don't want me to do it too early, but gee, I'm just laying here awake and I can't sleep. You know, it's one of those things. Well, most kids do wake up early. Some at 3 a.m. Yeah, I, I did that a time or two. Uh, but a picture on X has gone viral. It was posted by a father whose six-year-old son woke up in the middle of the night and opened Christmas presents. Not just his, but everybody's. His parents are calling them the uh, midnight perpetrator and say they plan to tell this story at his wedding someday okay uh well that wouldn't be so bad now there are many other stories i wouldn't want to have had somebody tell at my wedding you know but this one that's not bad it's and it's yeah it's an interesting picture i'm looking at it real quick it just shows the tree in the corner and presents all over the floor all unwrapped i don't see the kid I was looking to see if maybe he maybe he was half awake in some kind of stupor and he started opening things and he just fell asleep while he was opening, you know. And, but no, I, I don't see him there. It looks funny, though, to see all this stuff and to know what happened. So there you go. I, I never did that at my house. I, I probably would have gotten in a little more trouble. Now, let's see. Stick around because we're going to have news next at AM 1240. Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of local high school sports on KFMO. Call financial advisors John Brown or Madison Brown in Farmington at 573-756-9002 for all your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member FDIC. 
Kitchell Accounting and Tax Service at Ironton wishes you and yours the best holiday season, including the best of health, family, and happiness. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Kitchell Accounting and Tax Service in Ironton. Find your dream home today at Gifford Homes in Farmington. As the leading manufacturer, home dealer in Southeast Missouri, Gifford Homes has three different brands to choose from, including Sunshine Homes, Champion, and Prime. Gifford Homes specializes in helping families like you find the home of their dreams. Visit Gifford Homes today, located at the junction of Highways H and 67, about three miles south of the city limits of Farmington, or call 573-760-0011. Gifford Homes in Farmington, your home buying specialists. Local news you can trust. This is the Parkland's Freedom Leader, AM 1240 KFMO. Here's Mike Ramsey. Good morning. It is Wednesday, December 27th. The time is nine minutes after eight o'clock. In our newscast, we're going to hear more about free medical and dental mobile clinics that come to the parkland. You may have heard of those from the Archdiocese of St. Louis. We'll give you more details. Plus, we have the Highway Patrol's Christmas holiday weekend traffic crash statistics to give you. And with the New Year's holiday weekend coming up and those statistics released... Now is a great time to plan ahead. Missouri Department of Transportation Area Engineer Chris Crocker tells us a designated driver is a great place to start. Make sure that you either have a designated driver, uh, someone you can call to come pick you up, or an Uber. There's a lot of ways to get home safely, and we like to see everybody uh, just have a plan before you go out. Because if you don't, then odds are you're going to drive impaired and and, uh, we definitely don't want you to do that. According to Crocker, most traffic crashes, injuries, and fatalities can be avoided if we have a driving plan and avoid distractions while behind the wheel. Missouri State Highway Patrol officials are reporting two traffic fatalities over the Christmas holiday weekend. The 78-hour counting period ran from 6 p.m. Friday, December 22nd, to 11.59 p.m. Monday, December 25th. Troopers investigated 124 traffic crashes with 71 injuries, including the two fatalities. There were also 81 driving while intoxicated arrests. Last year, during the Christmas counting period, there were 1,017 traffic crashes statewide. In those crashes, four people were killed and another 318 were injured. There were no boating crashes or drownings during this year's holiday counting period. Of the two fatality crashes investigated by troopers, one occurred in the Troop D Springfield area, the other occurred in the Troop G area at Willow Springs. There are free mobile and dental medical clinics that come to the parkland from the Archdiocese of St. Louis. For those who have no health insurance, among other criteria, the clinic's sister Mary Rachel Nurbin says or rather, she tells us more about the clinics. We have a clinic on wheels. The Rural Parish Clinic has a mobile medical clinic. We also have a mobile dental clinic. And these clinics come to you, come to your area. Specifically, the closest site for you all is in Bonterre. We bring these clinics in, set them up, and see patients for a day. Sister Nurman recommends you complete a screening before visiting the clinic. You can complete that process by giving them a call at 
888-870-9610. And that's news from AM 1240. I'm Mike Ramsey reporting for KFMO News from the Collins News Desk. It's Wednesday, December 27th, 12 minutes after 8 o'clock. Stick around. Sports is next here at KFMO with Jared Pettis. Check our website too, kfmo.com. It's time for a look at sports. I'm Jared Pettis on the local side. The Central Christmas Tournament had the Octoheader and eight broadcasts from the TJ Fulon Fieldhouse to start our 27 broadcasts in five days for the 68th Annual Central Christmas Tournament. It started with four girls contests on the quarterfinals of the girls bracket. And Glenn Berry has the recap on the girls side of the Central Christmas Tournament. The first four games of the first day of the Central Christmas Tournament were all held in the girls bracket. In game number one, the number one seed and host team, the Central Lady Rebels took on the rebuilding Steelville Lady Cardinals Club. Central got 15 from Alyssa O'Connor, 13 from Taylor O'Connor, and 13 from Chloe Dishbein to walk away with a 61-32 win over the Lady Cardinals. While Central's offense shot nearly 50% from the field, their defense caused Steelville to turn the ball over 27 times. 22 of those turnovers came in the first half. Steelville was led by Marley Perkins and Marley Ehlert, who each had eight apiece. Blanche Halbert had six, and Abby Kreitner had five. Central now moves on to the next round of the tournament to face off against Festus. In game two of our four-game girls tilt, Festus took on the number four seed, Arcadia Valley Lady Tigers. Despite A.V.'s Braylon Turnbow scoring 35 points, the Lady Tigers used a balanced scoring attack to outlast Arcadia Valley 75-60. to Festus got 18 from Sierra McDonald. 17 from Eliza Skaggs, 15 from Olivia Madden, and 13 from Liz Skaggs. Festus shot 56% from the field, while Arcadia Valley could only muster a 40% shooting clip. Braylon Turnbow, as I said, did have 35 points to lead Arcadia Valley, but from there it was a huge drop-off with Paige Newstead-Adams scoring nine and Allison Gallagher with eight. On to the bottom half of the girls' bracket with number two seed Fredericktown taking on the number seven seed Potosi. Despite being out-rebounded by the Lady Trojans, Fredericktown wins this one 47-33. Both teams shot around 30% for the game, but in the end, Fredericktown got 13 points from Ava Penuel, 11 from Gabby McFadden, 8 from Callie Algar, and 9 from Kira Francis to pull away in a close game. Potosi was led in scoring by Aubrey Wilson, who had 9, Shannon Riddle had 6, and both Sabra Brown and Laney Elder had 5. Fredericktown now faces the winner of our fourth and final broadcast of the day, the South Iron Lady Panthers. Despite scoring only four points from the field in the third quarter, the South Iron Lady Panthers turned a 13-point halftime lead into leads as big as 22 points in the second half en route to a 56-37 win over the St. Genevieve Dragons. Once again, the losing team out-rebounds the winners, but in the end, timely shooting and good defense got the win for the Lady Panthers. Anna Parker had 17, Inslee Dinkins had 16, and Peyton German had 11 to pay South Iron, while St. Genevieve was led in scoring by Chloe Staffen with 11, Lexi Warren had 6, and Bree Apt had 5. Moving forward, South Iron will take on Fredericktown in the next round, while Central takes on Festus. Once again, results of first day's action in the girls' bracket of the Central Christmas Tournament. The number one seed Central Lady Rebels beat Steelville 61-32. Number five seed Festus Tigers beat Arcadia Valley 75-60. The number two seed Fredericktown knocks off Potosi 47-32. And in our final broadcast game from the day, on the girls' side, South Iron down St. Genevieve 56-37.
From the TJ Fulon Fieldhouse, I'm Glenn Berry, sending it back to the studio. Glenn, thanks. From there to the second set of four contests and the boys' side of the bracket, first round contest. The top seed Central Rebels beat the 16 seed Arcadia Valley 83-43 and the Rebels never trail in that one. They get 20 points from Caden Casey and Joe Bryant but it was Braden Berry with a double-double performance, 15 points and 11 rebounds in the game. Zach Boyd added 12 points. He was perfect from the field 5 of 5 and 2 of 3 from the free throw line. Arcadia Valley's leading scorer was Dylan Mueller with 26 points going 11 of 19 from the field. That's 58%. But after that, the next closest, 6 points from Nolan Inman who fouled out in the third quarter. Final score in the first of four boys contests. Central beats Arcadia Valley 83-43. Central will move on and play the winner of the 8-9 matchup. It's the 9-seed Steelville Cardinals. That'll take place on Thursday after Steelville beat Jefferson, the 8-seed, the Blue Jays, 65-46. In fact, it was a halftime lead for the Blue Jays of 31-27, but Steelville turned it on in the second half, outscoring Jefferson in the third quarter, 20-7, then again in the fourth, 18-8. Steelville gets 22 points from Owen McPeters to lead the way for the Jefferson Blue Jays, the only double-digit scorer. That was Nate Breeze. He had 23 points, going 9-18 of from the field. As a team, rebounding Wise Jefferson out rebounds Steelville 24-18, but it is the Cardinals moving on and playing Central. Jefferson falls to the consolation bracket. They'll play the 16th seed Arcadia Valley. In broadcast game number 7 of our 8 from the Octo header, Hillsborough walloped Crystal City in a 4-13 matchup, 71-29. Hillsborough opened it up with an 8-0 run and never looked back after that. In fact, rebounding numbers, Hawks out-rebounded the Hornets 29-15 and field goal shooting out shot him 53% to 44%. Hillsborough gets 19 points from Dominic Sutton, 10 from Greg Robinson, 9 rebounds from Peyton Brown, and 9 points from Preston Brown, while the Crystal City Hornets got 10 from Candon Bolton. Hillsborough moves on in the semifinals. They'll play the winner of our final broadcast, the Potosi Trojans, who dismantled the Herculaneum Black Cats 91-31. Again, just like Hillsborough, Potosi never trailed, and it was Carter Whitley to lead the way with 18 points. They get 17 from Gabe Brawley and 10 from Luke Brabham. Potosi moves on. They'll play Hillsboro on Thursday while Crystal City and Herculaneum do battle this afternoon in the consolation bracket. Coming up today on the local side, broadcast-wise, we're back at the TJ Fulon Fieldhouse for four more from the Central Christmas Tournament. 3.30 pregame, 4 o'clock tip-off between the two-seed South Iron and 15-seed Perryville. Then at 5.30, the Battle of the Dragons, 7-seed St. Genevieve and 10-seed DeSoto. It's a rematch of a game that was played in the Fountain City Classic. And at 7 o'clock, the 3-14 matchup and a cross-county rivalry, Farmington and North County, and the 6-11 matchup at 8-30, Festus and Fredericktown. All the action on AM 1240 KFMO. Out-of-town scoreboard and on the girls' side, the 5th annual First State Community Bank Girls Holiday Tournament, hosted by West County and Kingston, gets their first-round matchup going today. Viburnum plays St. Paul in an 8-9 matchup at 1. At 10 a.m., it is West County and Kingston, 6-seed versus 11-seed, and at 11-30, all at Kingston, 7-seed DeSoto playing the 10-seed Valley Caledonia. Back to the boys' side for the Valley Catholic Warriors Winter Classic in its 13th installment. The 6-seed is Valley Catholic. They'll play at 7-30 against the 3-seed Sackman, while the 2-seed Kingston battles St. Vincent at the 7-line at 6. That's all from Valley Catholic. And on the Rockwood Summit Tournament, top-seed Farmington plays at 11-30 this morning against Parkway North, the 8-seed. And over in the Rala Holiday Tournament, North County plays Jonesboro at 7 o'clock tonight.
tonight. And back to the boys' side for the first annual Giants Jingle Bell Tournament as Lift for Life plays the seven-seed St. Paul at 6 and at 4.30. It's the 4-5 matchup, St. Clair and West County. All the brackets can be found online at kfmosports.com on the bracket page. And NHL and the St. Louis Blues resume play out of the Christmas break tonight. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock punk drop on B104.3 as the Blues host the Dallas Stars. NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs host the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. 2 o'clock pregame on KFMO, kickoff at 325. And NCAA football, the Missouri Tigers play Friday in the Cotton Bowl at Dallas against Ohio State, the Buckeyes. That's sports. I'm Jared Pettis. To everyone who believes family is what mealtime is all about, let our guest Amy share what she loves about Culver's. From the moment my family walked in, we knew Culver's was the place for us. There's just something nice about a cooked-to-order butter burger and creamy, fresh-frozen custard that tastes like it was made just for you. But time with family? Now that's what's really special. Stop in and experience what mealtime means at Culver's. From From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with love, love, welcome to delicious. Visit your local Culver's on Karsh Boulevard in Farmington. Whether you're in pursuit of a transferable degree or need training to jumpstart a great career, your future starts at Mineral Area College. Max tuition is affordable, substantially less than a university, and we're close to home with locations in Park Hills, Fredericktown, Potosi, and Perryville. Interested in online classes? We offer those too. We've been creating student success stories since 1922. There's no better time to start yours. Apply online at mineralarea.edu. Hi, this is Jim Eaton with First State Community Bank in Bonterre. At First State Community Bank, we believe the holidays should be shared with family and friends. From our family to your family, we wish you the very best this holiday season. We are First State Community Bank online at fscb.com, member FDIC. Warm wishes from Community Manor in Farmington. May your holidays be filled with joy and laughter. Make this season truly special. Happy Holidays from Community Manor. Well, this is the start on AM 1240 KFMO. Thanks so much for being with us here between the holidays, Christmas and New Year's. It's an exciting time getting ready for 2024. And we'd like to start an interview now with the Secretary of State for Missouri. It's John Ashcroft. He's on the phone lines with us this morning. Good morning, Secretary of State. How are you today? Good morning. Thanks for having me. Doing great. Had a wonderful Christmas. I'm excited for Mizzou to beat Ohio State later this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have to put that on our calendar and uh, look forward to that for sure. Uh, You know, uh, other things that are coming up, too, include our uh, legislative session for 2024. I think it starts uh, on the 3rd, maybe, but uh, in Jefferson City. But uh, what are your thoughts on this, and what kind of priorities are you seeing shape up? Um, there's been a lot of talk it being an election year. I think it's going to be uh, somewhat more chaotic than normal. I'm hoping that they can put policy ahead of politics, but uh, I'm not sure that'll work out. I'd love to see them do some things on elections. Would love to see them pass a, a law that would require proof of citizenship for people to vote or for people to register. I'd love to see them enhance our audits of our elections to make sure that those are done by hand so that we not only make sure we continue to have good accessibility, we have good security, but we have good credibility in the, in the elections. And, of course, I'd always love to see him throw in a tax cut. We saw one of the largest tax increases in the history of the state a couple of years ago. Our budget is out of control. Let's, uh, let's cut that down and let people keep more of their own money. Yeah, I, I agree with you on some of those points there for sure. Uh, as far as the elections go, our, our local uh, county clerk, Kevin Engler, um, he's been doing a lot of talking lately about uh, 
some hand counting going on and that versus uh, electronic balloting. Uh, what are your thoughts on the two issues there? Well, first of all, really appreciate the great work that Kevin does. Kevin's been around for a while. He knows how to do a good job and does do a good job. Uh, I'm a big believer in using both methods. Um, there are people that rightfully have concerns about the equipment. There are other people that rightfully look at the history of some of our elections in Missouri, uh, in the Boot Hill, and in the city of St. Louis, and the Pentagast machine in Kansas City, and say, hey, wait a minute, I believe we ought to layer our defenses, so you shouldn't just have one way you do things, you should have multiple so they all check themselves. So I like using the uh, equipment for a cast or for a fast, unofficial count. I don't want to be counting ballots throughout the night, finding them in cars, that sort of thing. But then I want to go ahead and have that audit where we do hand counting so that we have the protections of both and people can trust the results. I agree with you. Um, I have seen both work and, you know, one's more convenient, one takes a little more time, but uh, working together and make a good hybrid, that seems to be the way we go with a lot of things these days. Uh, on the national scene, I just wanted to ask you about uh, judicial overreach in the courts. Uh, it appears, in my opinion anyway, that we're seeing some of this with uh, what's been happening to Donald Trump, of course, uh, taking him off the ballot, things like that. And uh, uh, was it Colorado, I believe, that did that? Um, but yes. th things like that going on. It's really concerning, and it's not just about the presidential race. Um, it's not just about whether or not you like President Trump or not. Uh, if they can do this to a former president, they can do it to any of us. And the idea that you would have a court that would willy-nilly ignore the actual text of the U.S. Constitution to throw him off the ballot, that would find him uh, essentially guilty of a crime, a federal felony, without a jury trial, without the right to see the evidence that's used against him or to confront witnesses, allowing the use of hearsay, it is ridiculous. It strikes to the very core of what we mean to be as a, a nation of laws, and it's something everyone should be greatly concerned about. Another item I wanted to touch on with you is uh, trans sports uh, and women's sports. A biological male has just been reported as finishing the women's 300 meter in first place, but uh, it's also said that if he was racing against other biological males, he certainly wouldn't have finished in first. He'd have been way back in the back end. But uh, what are your thoughts on, on what's happening with sports like this? You know, I think we need to be honest about what's going on here. This isn't about letting everyone play. This is about individuals that want to win when they don't deserve to win. Um, this is about destroying women's sports. You know, when I was growing up, we had women's sports, we had men's sports, and we had co-ed sports. So everyone could play. But this is all about people that can't win they, can't, they don't want to play co-ed sports because they know they'll lose. They want to play against people that they can beat and have an unfair advantage. This is like a 17-year-old wanting to be on the five-year-old soccer team. It's ridiculous, it's abhorrent, and we should reject it. Uh, when you look at things like this, these issues, you also see uh, issues sometimes are connected, and uh, universities or uh, where we see some of this taking place. Uh, but what do you feel universities are actually teaching our kids for what we're paying? Uh, it just seems like we're not getting what we think we are. Well, we're clearly not getting good value for our money. That's at the university level. That's at the primary and secondary level, where 
Fewer than 25% of Missouri 8th graders are proficient in math and reading. I didn't say calculus and Latin. I said math and reading, core things that every Missourian, every American should know to be the best that they could be. We need to start holding our schools accountable. We need to reward schools that are doing a good job and schools that are indoctrinating instead of teaching. We need to, frankly, we need to close them and we need to fire teachers that aren't doing that. We don't need DEI. We need reading, writing, and arithmetic. Uh, I have a question for you. It just came to mind, and right. it, it has about uh, it has to do with the state. Uh, Senate Bill 190, uh, it just came to mind. And is there anything you can tell us about that? It's caused a lot of controversy, and I think it's still being talked about in Jefferson City right now. Yeah, it was a, a Senate bill dealing with uh, property tax for seniors. If, if that's the right number that I'm remembering correctly. Right, exactly. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't written really well. And, you know, what it really was was it was politics. It was a bunch of people at the state level that want to spend as much of your money as possible, that want to collect as much of your taxes as possible, but they want to pretend to be about small government by telling your local government they can't take in taxes. What we need are people at the state level that will cut your state taxes, you know, the old joke was they asked the bank robber why he robbed banks, and he said, because that's where the money is. That's where the money is in your taxes for the most part that we can deal with at the state level. Our budget has doubled virtually in the last five years. We need to cut state taxes and give people a, a reprieve. Yes, I agree. And I think the problem with Senate Bill uh, 190 was it just it just wasn't clear. It, it didn't really, in many instances, make definitions. Uh, for for who it was really covering and leaving some people out, keeping some people in. and It just uh, has a lot of work that needs to be done, I believe. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about with us today? You know, going back to Senate Bill 190, I think that's what we see in government. Mm -hmm. We see legislators that don't know what they're doing, that just throw language on the wall to see what sticks so that they can say they did something well, but they don't actually do the work to do it well. I'm an engineer. Process matters. The words you use matter. And with what we pay elected officials, they ought to do a good job. Even if we disagree with what they're doing, they ought to do it well. And the fact that we elect people that don't do that, we need to make a change. Well, Secretary of State, uh, thanks for your time this morning. really appreciate it so much. And uh, I look forward to getting you back on again next month. We'll talk about some more stuff. Thanks for having me. Have a happy new year. All right. Same to you, sir. That, again, is Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft here on the radio, AM 1240, with a special report for you. We're doing that every month now, so uh, it's 831, and we have news coming up next at KFMO. The most recommended in the parkland. The definition of recommended is to be worthy of trust, and they don't take that lightly. They treat your vehicle like it's their own. Your neighbors, your family, and your friends are now satisfied customers because you recommended them. When you need collision repair, don't just take it anywhere. Take it to Kevin Ball's Auto Body in Park Hills, the most recommended. Because your car hasn't looked this new since it was new. Kevin Ball's Auto Body, the most recommended by far. Weather is brought to you by Kitchell Accounting and Tax Service in Ironton. It's never too early to start crunching those numbers, downloading those forms, and organizing all those receipts you put in your shoebox. Getting frustrated yet? Yeah. Try crunching this number, 573-546-3104. Accountant Stephanie Kitchell with Kitchell Accounting and Tax Service in Ironton. Year-round for tax and business consulting, accounting, and bookkeeping, and payroll. Crunch that number one more time, 573-546-3104. 
573-546-3104. A trusted name in the Arcadia Valley area, Kitchell Accounting and Tax Service in Ironton. With a potent area of low pressure that is making its way through here, folks, and as we're moving on through our day, we have a chance for some rain mixing with wet snow, heading for a high into the upper 30s. A switch over to some areas of light snow coming our way as the night goes on, not expecting a lot of snow. It's a very light snow accumulations, and when temperatures just below freezing, we could see some patchy slick spots. Chance for snow mixing with rain again on Thursday, the high 40. Slight chance for rain and snow Friday. From the Parklands 24-hour weather center, I'm meteorologist Jennifer Naramore. You know Mineral Area Overhead Door has sold and installed garage doors and openers since 1978, but we also have windows, patio covers, screen rooms, and more. Check out our beautiful showroom on Highway 67 in Farmington or visit MineralAreaDoor.com. Need a hinge, cable, remote? Yeah, we've got that. Mineral Area Door has a huge inventory of parts for your convenience. Call 431-6123 or visit our website at MineralAreaDoor.com. Serving you since 1978. Local news you can trust. This is the Parklands Freedom Leader, AM 1240 KFMO. Here's Mike Ramsey. Good morning. It's Wednesday, December 27th. The time is 832. In our newscast, we're going to hear more about bills, measures that have been introduced through the legislature. I should say legislature and actually won't be officially introduced until January 3rd, but they've been pre-filed. We're going to talk about pre-filed bills, basically, in this newscast. Also, uh, we'll report on a home fire in Perryville. It happened on Christmas Day. And Missouri's minimum wage is set to rise January 1st from $12 to $12.30 an hour, pursuant to Proposition B, which was approved by Missouri voters November 6th of 2018, The minimum wage increased 85 cents per hour each year through 2023. Starting on January 1st of 2024, the minimum wage may increase or decrease each year depending on cost of living changes reflected in the Consumer Price Index for urban wage earners and clerical workers. At a minimum, all private businesses are required to pay the 1230 hourly rate except retail, and service businesses whose gross annual sales are less than $500,000. Missouri's minimum wage law does not apply to public employers, nor does it allow the state's minimum wage rate to be lower than the federal minimum wage rate. Compensation for tipped employees must also total at least $12.30 per hour. Employers are required to pay tipped employees at least 50% of the minimum wage plus any amount necessary to bring the employee's total compensation to the minimum of $12.30 per hour. You can find out more about the wage and download a copy of the updated poster by visiting labor.mo.gov forward slash DLS forward slash minimum dash wage. Just go to labor.mo.gov and do a search there. Also in news, no injuries are being reported after a home fire in Perryville on Christmas Day. The fire began Monday afternoon at a home on Shanny Road. Reports indicate the home was vacant and it's a total loss. The cause of the blaze isn't known yet and the state fire marshal is investigating. It took crews several hours to extinguish the blaze. Some Missouri legislators are getting ready to introduce their bills in January after having pre-filed them. 
The state representative for the 117th District, Mike Henderson, says some of those measures were pre-filed this month after some contact with constituents. Pre-filing doesn't mean the bill's going to go any further. I pre-file sometimes, but a lot of times I wait until the first day I go up there in January, and then I just file them all at that time. Sometimes it's a lobbyist, but sometimes it's just a group. Bills pre-filed are actually introduced on the first day of the session. The first day of the 2024 session is January 3rd in Jefferson City. Members may introduce bills through the 60th legislative day of the session. That's news from AM 1240. I'm Mike Ramsey reporting for KFMO News from the Collins News Desk. And it's Wednesday, December 27th. It's 835. Sports is next with Jared Pettis. Also, check that website, kfmo.com. It's time for a look at sports. I'm Jared Pettis. On the local side, the Central Christmas Tournament had the Octoheader and eight broadcasts from the TJ Fulon Fieldhouse to start our 27 broadcasts in five days for the 68th Annual Central Christmas Tournament. It started with four girls contests on the quarterfinals of the girls bracket, and Glenn Berry has the recap on the girls' side of the Central Christmas Tournament. The first four games of the first day of the Central Christmas Tournament were all held in the girls' bracket. In game number one, the number one seed and host team, the Central Lady Rebels took on the rebuilding Steelville Lady Cardinals Club. Central got 15 from Alyssa O'Connor, 13 from Taylor O'Connor, and 13 from Chloe Dishbein to walk away with a 61-32 win over the Lady Cardinals. While Central's offense shot nearly 50% from the field, their defense caused Steelville to turn the ball over 27 times. 22 of those turnovers came in the first half. Steelville was led by Marley Perkins and Marley Ehlert, who each had eight apiece. Blanche Halbert had six, and Abby Kreitner had five. Central now moves on to the next round of the tournament to face off against Festus. In game two of our four-game girls tilt, Festus took on the number four seed, Arcadia Valley Lady Tigers. Despite A.V.'s Braylon Turnbow scoring 35 points, the Lady Tigers used a balanced scoring attack to outlast Arcadia Valley 75-60. to Festus got 18 from Sierra McDonald. 17 from Eliza Skaggs, 15 from Olivia Madden, and 13 from Liz Skaggs. Festus shot 56% from the field, while Arcadia Valley could only muster a 40% shooting clip. Braylon Turnbow, as I said, did have 35 points to lead Arcadia Valley, but from there it was a huge drop-off with Paige Newstead-Adams scoring 9 and Allison Gallagher with 8. On to the bottom half of the girls' bracket with number 2 seed Fredericktown taking on the number 7 seed Potosi. Despite being out-rebounded by the Lady Trojans, Fredericktown wins this one 47-33. Both teams shot around 30% for the game, but in the end, Fredericktown got 13 points from Ava Penuel, 11 from Gabby McFadden, 8 from Callie Algar, and 9 from Kira Francis to pull away in a close game. Potosi was led in scoring by Aubrey Wilson, who had 9, Shannon Riddle had 6, and both Sabra Brown and Laney Elder had 5. Fredericktown now faces the winner of our fourth and final broadcast of the day, the South Iron Lady Panthers. Despite scoring only four points from the field in the third quarter, the South Iron Lady Panthers turned a 13-point halftime lead into leads as big as 22 points in the second half en route to a 56-37 win over the St. Genevieve Dragons. 
Once again, the losing team out-rebounds the winners, but in the end, timely shooting and good defense got the win for the Lady Panthers. Anna Parker had 17, Inslee Dinkins had 16, and Peyton German had 11 to pay South Iron, while St. Genevieve was led in scoring by Chloe Staffen with 11, Lexi Warren had 6, and Bree Apt had 5. Moving forward, South Iron will take on Fredericktown in the next round, while Central takes on Festus. Once again, results of first day's action in the girls' bracket of the Central Christmas Tournament. The number one seed Central Lady Rebels beat Steelville 61-32. Number five seed Festus Tigers beat Arcadia Valley 75-60. The number two seed Fredericktown knocks off Potosi 47-32. And in our final broadcast game from the day, on the girls' side, South Iron down St. Genevieve 56-37. From the TJ Fulon Fieldhouse, I'm Glenn Berry, sending it back to the studio. Glenn, thanks. From there to the second set of four contests and the boys' side of the bracket, first round contest. The top seed Central Rebels beat the 16 seed Arcadia Valley 83-43. And the Rebels never trail in that one. They get 20 points from Caden Casey and Joe Bryant. But it was Braden Berry with a double-double performance, 15 points and 11 rebounds in the game. Zach Boyd added 12 points. He was perfect from the field 5 of 5 and 2 of 3 from the free throw line. Arcadia Valley's leading scorer was Dylan Mueller with 26 points going 11 of 19 from the field. That's 58%. But after that, the next closest 6 points from Nolan Inman who fouled out in the third quarter. Final score in the first of four boys contests. Central beats Arcadia Valley 83-43. Central will move on and play the winner of the 8-9 matchup. It's the 9 seed Steelville Cardinals. That'll take place on Thursday after Steelville beat Jefferson, the 8 seed, the Blue Jays 65-46. In fact, it was a halftime lead for the Blue Jays of 31-27, but Stillville turned it on in the second half, outscoring Jefferson in the third quarter 20-7, then again in the fourth 18-8. Stillville gets 22 points from Owen McPeters to lead the way. For the Jefferson Blue Jays, the only double-digit scorer, that was Nate Breeze. He had 23 points, going 9-18 of from the field. As a team, rebounding wise Jefferson out rebounds Steelville 24-18 but it is the Cardinals moving on and playing Central Jefferson falls to the consolation bracket they'll play the 16th seed Arcadia Valley in broadcast game number 7 of our 8 from the Octo header Hillsborough walloped Crystal City in a 4-13 matchup 71-29 Hillsborough opened it up with an 8-0 run and never looked back after that in fact rebounding numbers Hawks out rebounded the Hornets 29-15 and field goal shooting out shot him 53% to 44%. Hillsborough gets 19 points from Dominic Sutton, 10 from Greg Robinson, 9 rebounds from Peyton Brown, and 9 points from Preston Brown, while the Crystal City Hornets got 10 from Candon Bolton. Hillsborough moves on in the semifinals. They'll play the winner of our final broadcast, the Potosi Trojans, who dismantled the Herculaneum Black Cats 91-31. Again, just like Hillsborough, Potosi never trailed, and it was Carter Whitley to lead the way with 18 points. They get 17 from Gabe Brawley and 10 from Luke Brabham. Potosi moves on. They'll play Hillsborough on Thursday while Crystal City and Herculaneum do battle this afternoon in the Consolation Bracket. Coming up today on the local side broadcast-wise, we're back at the TJ Fulon Fieldhouse for four more from the Central Christmas Tournament. 3.30 pregame, 4 o'clock tip-off between the 2-seed South Iron and 15-seed Perryville. Then at 5.30, the Battle of the Dragons, 7-seed St. Genevieve and 10-seed DeSoto. It's a rematch of a game that was played in the Fountain City Classic. 
Classic. And at 7 o'clock, the 314 matchup and a cross-county rivalry, Farmington and North County, and the 611 matchup at 830, Festus and Fredericktown. All the action on AM 1240 KFMO. Out-of-town scoreboard, and on the girls' side, the fifth annual First State Community Bank Girls Holiday Tournament, hosted by West County and Kingston, gets their first-round matchup going today. Viburnum plays St. Paul in an 8-9 matchup at 1. At 10 a.m., it is West County and Kingston, 6 seed versus 11 seed. And at 11.30, all at Kingston, 7 seed DeSoto playing the 10 seed Valley Caledonia. Back to the boys' side for the Valley Catholic Warriors Winter Classic in its 13th installment. The 6 seed is Valley Catholic. They'll play at 7.30 against the 3 seed Sackman, while the 2 seed Kingston battles St. Vincent at the 7 line at 6. That's all from Valley Catholic. And on the Rockwood Summit Tournament, top seed Farmington plays at 11.30 this morning against Parkway North, the 8 seed. And over in the Rala Holiday Tournament, North County plays Jonesboro at 7 o'clock tonight. And back to the boys' side for the first annual Giants Jingle Bell Tournament as Lift for Life plays the 7 seed St. Paul at 6 and at 4.30. It's the 4-5 matchup St. Clair and West County. All the brackets can be found online at kfmosports.com on the bracket page. And NHL and the St. Louis Blues resume play out of the Christmas break tonight. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock punk drop on B104.3 as the Blues host the Dallas Stars. NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs host the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. 2 o'clock pregame on KFMO, kickoff at 325. And NCAA football, the Missouri Tigers play Friday in the Cotton Bowl at Dallas against Ohio State, the Buckeyes. That's sports. I'm Jared Pettis. Thanks, Jared. We appreciate that. Thought we'd check the uh, weather situation for you. Here's the latest in information as far as temperature. It's 39, but it feels like 34. Winds are moving out of the south about 6 to 8 miles per hour at this time. Today, look for rain likely before noon, then snow, but a high of 42. So we're going to see little, if any, snow accumulation. And precipitation, yeah, 80% chance. Tonight, a 70% chance of snow likely, mainly after 2 a.m., mostly cloudy, the low 29. We could see 1 to 2 inches possible tonight. And then tomorrow, a chance of snow before 4 p.m., then a slight chance of rain and snow after that. Uh, mostly cloudy, a high of 41, so no snow accumulations expected. And what we do get overnight should probably disappear tomorrow with a high of 41. And then Thursday night, snow is likely before 9 p.m., then rain and snow after that. Cloudy, the low 30. For Friday, a chance of rain and snow before noon. Mostly cloudy with a high of 42. So basically between today, a little later on, um, sometime around noon probably, all the way through Friday, we're going to have some kind of precipitation. And most of the time, it's going to be too warm for any snow to cause us much problem except for tonight, so be careful. Tonight, 29 degrees with the possibility of snow after 2 a.m., so first thing in the morning would be the time to be careful especially. Also, once Friday night is here, we'll see no precipitation in the forecast all the way through next Tuesday. That includes New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. So it's going to be a little colder, though, during that period. Not incredibly bad, but in the 20s, uh, mid to upper, overnight, and during the daytime hours, anywhere from the upper 30s to mid 40s to upper 40s, possibly. 
It looks like we have 847 on the clock on the wall. We have a visit with the Potosi School Superintendent coming up on KFMO plus the Daily Dust next. To make a positive difference in our communities, this is the mission statement of Prairie Farms Dairies in Park Hills. The staff at Prairie Farms is proud to be a part of the communities they serve, supplying fresh milk and dairy products to local grocery stores and markets that they too shop at. Proud to support our local communities where they live, work, and raise their families. Prairie Farms Dairies, Park Hills. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. One evidence of God's presence is in His timing. Luke wrote, the time came for her baby to be born. Paul wrote, Christ came at just the right time. New Heights says, it's time to love God and love others as God defines love. Merry Christmas. This is not headline news. Now I'm off the dust. It's not called dust. It's called... We call it the Daily Dust with just a light dusting of gossip. I'm Audra Kane for KFMO. So The Rock celebrated Christmas with his iconic look from 1994, complete with a black fanny pack. That's not roasting on an open fire. 90s rock nipping at your nose. <laughs> no one said he could sing. I'm walking down the hall. Looking cool as f- Just take one look at my amazing clothes. <laughs> oh, the gold necklace, the fanny pack, so Dwayne Johnson. The color purple brought a boost to the holiday box office. The film opened to $18.1 million, beating out Aquaman and The Lost Kingdom and Wonka. This marks the second best opening on a Christmas day ever behind 2009's Sherlock Holmes at 24.6 million. Brian Tanaka has confirmed that he and Mariah Carey have ended their seven year relationship. He wanted to have children of his own. Mariah is not on the same page. They were last seen together during a getaway for her birthday back in March. Tiffany Haddish joked about her recent DUI arrest in Beverly Hills during a comedy show, saying, you ain't lived till you got arrested in Beverly Hills, okay? Ooh, this is nice! Girl! This audience is you right here? Okay. It don't smell like roaches in here or nothing. (laughs) Haddish was arrested last month for her second DUI in two years after she reportedly fell asleep behind the wheel. And Ken Jennings says he is going to miss Mayim Bialik as co-host of Jeopardy. It sort of took him off guard. And that's The Daily Dust. I'm Audrey Kane for KFMO. Let's go Cardinals. Minerary Cardinals, that is. Hi, this is Brandon Hubbard. Come hang out with your friends at Hub's Pub and Grill in Bonterra, Potosi. We offer great lunch and dinner items and daily specials from sandwiches, steaks, fish, salads, or wings. We have something you'll love. Stop by and see us before or after the game. That's Hub's Pub and Grill in Bonterra and Potosi. Check us out on Facebook or online at hubspubandgrill.com. Stop on by Hub's Pub located at 10 South Dover Street in Bonterra and 220 West High Street in Potosi. Happy holidays from Ashbrook, Maplebrook, and Southbrook by AmeriCare. Cherish the season and experience care and joy every day. Make this holiday unforgettable. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Ashbrook, Maplebrook, and Southbrook. You'll want to stay tuned. We're going to have our last report from the Potosi School District for the year 
coming up in just a moment here on KFMO. Happy holidays, y'all. I'm Bart, owner of Scooter's Coffee in Farmington. Are you looking for that perfect gift for your mom, dad, son, daughter, teacher, barber, eye doctor, popcorn maker at the local theater? Everyone loves Scooter's Coffee gift cards. And this holiday season, we're doing something special. For every $30 in gift cards you purchase, you get a free drink card for a free drink of any size in the month of January. Wow, now that's a deal. Come on down to Scooter's Coffee in Farmington and get your gift card for the whole family. There's just something special about Scooter's Coffee. Happy holidays from everyone at R&K Tire on Highway 8 in Potosi. They appreciate your business this past year and look forward to serving all your tire needs in the new year. Season's greetings from Rob and all the crew at R&K Tire in Potosi. Farmington Building Supply on Karst Boulevard in Farmington is there to help with everything you need for your next project. Rick and his team are knowledgeable and experienced and are there to help, whether you're a professional contractor or the do-it-yourselfer. Farmington Building Supply, locally owned since 1958, offers you their number one priority, service. Find all the supplies you're looking for along with information and experience you need to finish your project from start to finish at Farmington Building Supply on Karst Boulevard in Farmington. It's the start from KFMO, and it's time for the Potosi School District Report. We have Alex McCall. He's the uh, superintendent on the phone line with us this morning. Good morning, superintendent. How's everything in the district today? No, it's quiet. A lot lot of busy work going on in the buildings. As you know, we're on break, Um, but that doesn't mean we stop working. We're getting ready for those kids to come back on uh, January 4th. Uh, It'll be here before you know it, but... Our maintenance teams and custodial teams, food service, uh, all, all those people have to kind of step back from that first day in August and re-gear and get ready to start another semester. Uh, do you ever, as a superintendent, take some time during the time that the kids are all out of the building like this and just, I don't know, I, I would picture myself just walking into like the gymnasium and sitting down and just looking around and thinking, wow. You know, this is so quiet right now, but but very soon it's going to be so active and there's going to be so much going on. Does that ever strike you like that? Oh, absolutely. You'll walk into a, a cafeteria or, you like you say, you'll walk into the gym and just sit on that first row and, and just kind of soak it in knowing that, uh, you know, it, it is quiet. But you're also sitting there thinking, okay, what can we do to uh, make things better here the next time kids are in here? And uh, that, that that never ends, but absolutely, you, you'll, you'll sit down during those times and catch yourself and... And like I say, just planning, planning ahead is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, and it feels so good to know, you know, when you have something going like that that's doing such a good job. Um, What about last year's accomplishments in the district? Uh, What kind of things would you uh, put on a list if somebody said, what were your top uh, accomplishments for the district last year? I think top accomplishments is, you know, we serve kids well. when, as COVID ended a couple of years ago, you know, there's been speculation that uh, education's gone downhill and whatnot. And as you know, as we looked at our, our our assessments from the state and kind of went over those near the end of the year, we were really happy with those. Um, some areas, obviously, we can show growth in, but our, our teachers, our administrators, and our students—they uh, just—they did phenomenal on those annual assessments. And you know, that shout out goes to the parents too, because they're—they're a part of that. As they get those kids pumped up for those assessments that sometimes I think are unnecessary, but it's kind of the way we're—you know—unfortunately in today's time, it's—it's it's the way you're looked at based on one test a year instead of the 
you know, what, what they do throughout the year. But we were really proud of that, how hard they worked on that. Um, obviously, probably the largest accomplishment for the district and an individual was Mr. Kester being, you know, state teacher of the year. And, and now he's competing at that level for national teacher of the year. Uh, you know, yesterday or Christmas Day, throughout the first pass of the Kansas City Chiefs game. Um, just just love going along that journey with him as he travels along. And it just speaks well for the district that we're able to support teachers like that. We have teachers that are willing to put their, their trust in us as a district. Um, but it, it should speak well for our community as well that we, we do attract those kind of teachers that uh, are able to step up to that national level and be recognized as, as one of the top 50 teachers in the nation. You know, that's amazing. We have such great people uh, here in the Parkland area, you know, the the St. Francis and surrounding counties area. Uh, you've got people doing amazing things like this that really kind of set the level for what we want to see our kids grow up to be. Absolutely. These, these people are turning out our future leaders, our future doctors, educators, uh, you know, future construction workers to build our homes. It all starts with a teacher. It certainly does. Um, let's talk about the semester. Um, how did this last semester wrap up for you? It went by fast. Um, talked to a lot of teachers who felt it really went by quickly. Kids worked hard up to the last day. Uh, I, I truly feel this year has been the first year we've gotten back to more of a normal. Uh, you know, we're going to come back on the 4th, and then, believe it or not, we only have four days to prepare for homecoming on the 12th. Um, and, and that's a big homecoming for us. Uh, but that, that first semester wrapped up, and, and, and here we are getting ready to head into homecoming. And teachers will hit that that first few days back, and we'll, we'll hit that hard because before you know it, you know, May 10th is going to be here. You, uh, your district had some uh, good sporting accomplishments too, I believe. Yeah, our, our cross-country team really stepped up. You know, they, they always perform sound. Uh, we had sound performance by our, our, our volleyball teams, uh, you know, football they picked up some big wins they probably wasn't expected to pick up. And, you know, it just continues to build that culture. Our, our junior high programs were, were both conference champions, uh, football, seventh and eighth grade. Um, I, I know volleyball was. So, I mean, I mean, they're getting there. And, uh, you know, our boys had a strong showing in the Christmas tournament with a solid win over Herculaneum last night. So we hope to get over there Thursday and, and bring home a win against uh, Hillsborough as well. Yeah, and uh, we are we always are pleased as a radio station to be able to cover all these teams, uh, especially in the tournaments. And when they're doing really well, it just brings home the excitement and does such a great job to get that uh, stuff on the air here. We love to do that, and it's really neat to follow Potosi's teams as they've been doing so well. So um, we're wrapping up the year. You wrapped up the semester. You're looking ahead now to 2024, and I know there are some standard things you have to do, but uh, does anything stick out as being a challenge or something major coming up? You know, the challenge is always, uh, you know, funding and, and, and how that works out from, from the state. And, you know, I applaud our legislatures last year. They they stepped up with some transportation additional funding and, you know, we prepared well as our, our COVID, I call it the COVID money, the ESSER funds, the ARPA funds, whatever you'd like to call them. Um, we've looked at that and, and, and as we budgeted, we budgeted long term for that. So we, we feel really good going into the next fiscal year starting, you know, July 1 that we're not going to suffer as a district because of the loss of those COVID funds. Um, because we spent those wisely, and, and we will see no decrease this year. And I, I think that's that's a big feat um, because it's an unknown. You, you just don't know. We've gone through three years of, of 
really craziness with just funding all over. And so now as we settle into more normal funding, it'll be interesting to see if our legislatures continue to step up. And I believe they will. We have some really good, solid legislatures, um, you know, in the in the mineral areas, I call it. I, I know our two over here work tirelessly, McGurl and, and Dinkins just work tirelessly along with Senator Gannon. So th- that's an unknown, but I, I have full confidence as we hit this legislature session next week that they will they'll put education at the top of the plate like they did last year. I believe they certainly will. We have uh, all those names you mentioned. They're all on the air here. We rotate legislators during the uh, session. So it's almost like musical political chairs, but it's very good to have them. And uh, unfortunately, we're out of time here, Superintendent. I just want to say um, Happy New Year and a Merry Christmas late to you, but uh, Happy New Year to you and yours and everyone in the district. I hope everything goes great for you in the coming year. Uh, same Mike, and as you mentioned, we appreciate your coverage for everything that we do and uh, just appreciate working as a team together, and, and Happy New Year to you all as well. All right. Thank you so much, sir. That, again, is Alex McCall. He's the superintendent of the Potosi School District here as we wrap up the hour on KFMO. It's 9 o'clock. <laughs>